Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. It's a privilege for me this morning just to, 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 be, to be sharing sharing the Word with us this morning as well. And uh, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how sometimes when I preach in the morning, uh, it sometimes coincides with something significant on our calendars as well. Uh, I remember pr- uh, preaching one, one morning on, uh, on Father's Day as well, and I think about two years ago also during, during Easter weekend. And um, So it kind of makes it a little bit easier to decide what you are going to be preaching about. Um, but before I, get, before I get into the Word, um, I just want to kind of latch on to something that Christine said. Um, is I want to I actually invite us all to Thursday when I said that we're coming together to break fast. I want to invite you to, to pray, pray and fast with us specifically, not only for us, but also for our country. Uh, the evening when we're going to get together, we're going to be pray, praying and breaking fast as well. And we also, I just feel the Holy Spirit is saying, also laying on our hearts that we should be praying for, for our country as well. And I want us to specifically also pray for coming Saturday's event, for with the, the Angus, uh, Angus Bucking event. And if you can at all, um, time-wise, afford to go, um, then, then go. There's, there's space on the big bus and there's space on the minibus still as well um, to be able to go. Um, and they are guesstimating a million people to get together there. Um, yeah, I don't, those farmers obviously don't know traffic, but um, <laughs> uh, but I'd, I'd re- uh, there's going to be significance in that in that moment, and we're trusting for a turnaround in this country as well. Um, so we're not just flying out and leaving you guys to deal with it. Uh, we're also standing in faith for what God wants to do here in our country, and then at the same time, is is the power of God working in each and every one of us here, and when we go on missions or when we are here. Um, there's, is, is at work in each and every one of us. And uh, it's interesting, Delhi, where we're going, the city alone has got 22 million people. Um, and uh, that's a little bit over a third of our country's population. Um, and of, in India's population itself, is, there's only 3% that are, that are evangelical Christians that, that really um, have a living relationship with God. Or, I mean, it's, it's obviously an estimate. Um, but three percent of the whole population of India is still a lot of people. But ninety-seven percent of the whole population of India is an extreme amount of people. Um, so the question is kind of why do we go? Why, why do we aim to the east? Is because there's a lot of people there that doesn't know Jesus, and and we want to we want to partner with the laborers there to be able to to take the work to take the work further. Alrighty, getting into the word and. Uh, it's it's amazing for me this this Easter weekend uh, just just reflecting back on um, on the death and the resurrection of Jesus over the over the over the course of this weekend it's it's you know, there's now I'm going to be talking about the crucifixion and and resurrection um, but I'm going to slightly focus a little bit more on the crucifixion I know we are on Sunday and the third day is when Jesus actually rose. Uh, but today's kind of emphasis is slightly more on his crucifixion, um, and a part of a part of the reason why I believe that God has kind of laid that in my heart is I don't know if you saw my two little girls here in the front, the older one, 
she's now starting to to put on her own shoes and tie her own shoes etc and uh, she she kind of one, one day she she put on the the one shoe on the wrong foot and and she just kind of giggles like ha <laughs> banana feet um like because you put them the wrong way around they they go that way and uh, i believe that that um, talking about the resurrection without talking about the crucifixion, I believe, is a little bit having it the wrong way around. Um, um, and obviously, there's a lot of implications of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, but it's, just, it's the same thing for us. is us wanting to claim resurrection life of Jesus in our lives without actually dying to ourselves. Um, and, and I remember being invited, it was actually a year ago, last year, Easter, one of the residences at um, at UJ asked me to come and do, one of the ladies' residences asked me to, to come and be one of the speakers at their, I can't remember what they called it, uh, revival or, or something. And uh, so God has a sense of humor, right? He, he called Paul, who was like a, an amazing Jewish leader to the Gentiles. Paul, and uh, he calls me, a white Afrikaans guy, to every other African culture that's represented in the city almost. And I love working with, 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 with the students. Anyway, so I'm there, but I'm the only white guy in the room. Where's Sage? Sage still went with me. They just had a wing woman with me there. And, um, and there was then four speakers. And, and I mean, they, they spoke very well, etc. One thing struck me was that they spoke a lot about the the claims that there, is in, that there is in Christ, but not actually beginning at the beginning. Um, like, yes, uh, the one guy's stage name was, um, you can do it or something. What was it, Sage? You can do it or, or, or something like that. Um, and, and I mean, he was like a rapper kind of, kind of a guy, and he, he did his whole thing in rapping, and so I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to try that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so the theme was what the cross means to you. And uh, if you know me a little bit, then that's a dangerous question to ask me in a setting like that. Because that kind of opened up the door for me to, to really go guns blazing. And, uh, and I, I started off by saying that what the cross of Jesus Christ means to me, it means it's an invitation to come and die. And everything just went silent. Mm. Um, and then I kind of rebuilt from there. Um, but that is really what the cross of Jesus Christ in, in, a, in a sense means. Obviously, it means eternal life. And yes, it means that we can have a relationship with God and our sins are forgiven. And we can be whole and we can have joy, peace. And we can overcome a whole lot of stuff. But it, it, it needs to be preceded by being in Christ. And the way that you get in Christ is by dying to self uh, by picking up our cross and following him so i'm kind of preaching the whole sermon before we've actually started but um let me let me pray for us lord we i just want to submit myself unto you lord and i really just want to pray that you put a guard in front of my mouth not to say that which is not of you god and pray god for for your word to to really fall onto fertile ground here this morning and um, even as your word came about our worries that sometimes so snuff out your seed, um, we want to we just put those aside and say, Lord, come and have your way. Come and speak to us. 
here this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so the subtitle of my sermon there is Dying to Live, and it's, and it's really just, uh, there's so many paradoxes in Scripture about having, you can only find your life once you lose it, etc., etc. So the, the, I'm going to be talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, and I'm hoping and I'm trusting that there will be a little bit of an eye-opener to what Jesus actually went through on the cross. Um, and I'm really not going to give you much new information here this morning, but I'm really trusting that the Holy Spirit would just help us to grow in our revelation of the cross. You can read with me there. Um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2 says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I remember we had a we we had last week Friday we had this uh, fundraiser for our missions team, and Nick I don't I don't see him here but he had, he, he told this joke about the Japanese guy and the Chinese guy the, the Japanese and the Chinese that didn't like each other and can't remember the whole detail of the story and I, I think for now it's quite irrelevant, but the Chinese guy walks into the Japanese guy store, and the Japanese guy's like you come here to die. And the Chinese guy said, no, I come here yesterday. Um, so this, so the invitation to the, for the cross is really an invitation to come to die today, every day. Okay, so I'm going to read us three scriptures um, just after one another. And uh, it's Galatians 5, 24. Romans 6, 3 to 4, and Luke 9, verse 23 to 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have life, live a new life. And that baptism referring to there is baptism into Christ, not necessarily water baptism, um, but it's the identifying with the death and the resurrection of Christ. That's so key. If anyone would come after me, this is Jesus speaking, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Say with me, daily. And follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. And for me, a key, a key thing to, to experiencing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is repentance. Repentance really is, Lord, you know, you know how sinful I am. And I choose to turn away from that sin. And I choose to follow you. I pick up my cross. And whatever your cross represents today, what does a cross represent? It represents suffering. So often we think that at the moment we come to Jesus, we're going to have an easy ride. But he actually says that you're going to... Um, the cross represents suffering. Now, for, for some of us, we think like giving up um, smoking or give, uh, giving up watching series every day of the week, six hours a day, students. Um, I'm just, just pulling your leg. Um, but we often think we, we think of small things that we need to give up 
But the, the, the stark contrast is, is that, that Jesus actually says that because the world hated me, him speaking, as, as in, because the world hated me, they will hate you as well. Who of you have ever got into a conversation where you realize that people hate you? Not many of us. A lot of us, but not many of us. You realize, okay, well, there's more to it. And I want to say, don't take it personally. Okay? Jesus said it's going to happen. He didn't say it's because you wear long hair and this, and you said it in this way. Okay, yes, obviously there's a way of saying it and there's a wrong way of saying it. But um, at, this, at the same time, people don't like to be confronted with, with the truth. I'm going to read you a little paragraph of a... So it's a very well-known older scholar. Um, I think she's a doctor, actually, Fleming Rutledge, talking about the crucifixion and resurrection. She says, We have seen the end time in Jesus Christ. The love of God cannot be defeated. That's what we see in the crucifixion and the resurrection. If you just have the resurrection, then you have no sense of anything being defeated. You have no sense of Jesus having taken anything on. In the crucifixion, Jesus has taken on everything satanic, everything evil, everything demonic, everything sinful, everything wrong. In the resurrection, we see that he has been vindicated and that his victory is complete. I'll read you another excerpt just now, just out of Philippians 3 from verse 7 says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now watch this. The first two parts we like. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. That last part, we don't always like that much. Becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. We often think that suffering is giving up some stuff. But I want to say the suffering that God calls us into, depending on where you stay, but at the same time, um, to, to real, literal suffering for the sake of the cause of Christ. Um, I think a lot of us haven't actually suffered in that sense because we've never dared to actually open our mouth to actually share the gospel with somebody else. Um, and I really don't mean to like preach condemnation. I really just want to encourage us all to, to pray, earnestly start to pray for the people around us that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's out of that place of really praying and our hearts breaking in His presence that we also gain the wisdom to know how to share the love of Christ uh, with people. And if you don't have a love for the people around you, then ask God and say, Lord, I really don't have a love for the people around me. Give me your love. And um, three years ago, I was also in India uh, at the big, or with the combined conference of the Himalayan conference. And Lodovic, some of you guys, some of you will know him. He's a big rugby player. He's in Shofar, George now. He was also with. And uh, I, turned to, I turned to him. Uh, I felt just God just laying a word on my heart for me and say that God is going to start breaking your heart for the people that doesn't know Him. And you're going to start weeping uncontrollably. And I just want to kind of give you a heads up that you kind of know what's going on. 
and uh, he started like he's big, he's bigger than PJ. Um, he, and uh, he, his his eyes just started welling up, and he said, "Yeah, it's it's already started to happen." So I really want to encourage you to, if you don't have a heart for people, if you don't have a heart for the lost, to ask God for a heart for the lost. But I want to warn you, kind of strap in. Because the moment you start getting a heart for the lost, it's uncomfortable. And that compassion starts to drive you to want to do something for the people that doesn't know him. Um, um, here's a, uh, like a, just an extract from one of uh, Fleming Rutledge's books regarding the, the, the crucifixion. Understand, uh, the book's name is The Crucifixion, Understanding the Death of Jesus Christ. And she says, Crucifixion as a means of execution in the Roman Empire had as its express purpose the, emula- the elimination of victims from, consideration, from considerations as members of the human race. It cannot be said too strongly that um, that was its function. It was meant to indicate to all who might be toying with subversive ideas that Crucified persons were not of the same species as either the executioners or the spectators and were therefore um, not only expendable but also deserving of ritualized extermination. Therefore the mocking and the jeering that accompanied crucifixion weren't only allowed, they were part of the spectacle and were programmed into it. In a sense, crucifixion was a form of entertainment. Everyone understood that the specific role of the person who had been thus designated to be a spectacle, crucifixion, was cleverly designed. We might say diabolically designed to be an almost theoretical enactment of the sadistic and inhumane impulses that lie within human beings. According to the Christian gospel, the Son of God voluntarily and purposefully absorbed all of that Drawing it into himself, and oh, you don't you don't have to be a genius to know that we as humankind can be very very wicked. Um, I remember we were on a mission trip to to Rwanda in 2012, and um, we did this legacy seminar that Mariette spoke about. We did legacy seminar with with some Christians in in Rwanda, and I can imagine having to deal with healing regarding legacy in a country that 20 years before that went through a genocide. If you don't know the history of Rwanda in the, ni- in the 1990s, um, the Hutus and the Tutsis, there was a mass genocide. Um, and th- like people that were intermar- people would kill their neighbors, slaughter them. And we were in the in the... Uh, genocide memorial and it's just unthinkable to think what people can do to one another um, and and the scary thing is there's it's not as if those things aren't in us if it isn't for Jesus Christ we would we would be capable of the same stuff um, you don't have to look far in, in our own history that a lot of us did do the same stuff or at least previous generations or etc and but there's redemption in jesus christ um and we had a we had a look at the uh we watched the movie ben-hur have any of you watched 
it's it's a worthwhile movie to watch. Um, it's it's Ben Hur. It plays off in the same time as when Jesus kind of was crucified in that time in in, um, in in Israel's history as well. And 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 it, and it sketches a very clear picture of what the Roman oppression actually did and how cruel they were. Um, if you're a little bit of a sensitive viewer, it might be might grease you out a little bit, but. Um, it, it, it is a, it is quite a, it's quite a good movie and, and, and actually worth worth a watch. Um, but I was just after that movie, I was just again so confronted with how evil we as human beings can sometimes be, and it did sketch a little bit of a picture again for me of the crucifixion of of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read us a lengthy scripture, um, and then I'm gonna read you a the words of a song, and then we're going to watch a video clip. But uh, you can just read this with me, and I'd encourage you to take the scripture home as well and, and go and read it in your own Bibles. It's, it's the end of Isaiah 52, and then the beginning part of, or in the whole of Isaiah 53. And this is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus actually appeared on the scene um, about what Jesus would go through. And you can obviously, in retrospect, we can see how, the, how these things tie in to what Jesus actually went through on the cross. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told they will see, and what they have not heard they will understand. See he, see who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord, it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. 
By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And one thing that's amazing to me about just the, the, what Jesus went through on the cross is the fact that He willingly did this. He knew what He was putting Himself into. Um, and I just I, I thought about this yesterday. Like, if Jesus had to call me to be martyred for Him, I'd be like, Yes, Lord. If Jesus calls me and tells me that I must allow one of my children to be martyred for him and be martyred for him in front of me, imagine that. I have a second I have a second take at that. Yet the father let his own son, his only son, be martyred like that for us. Sometimes we as parents, we're willing to suffer certain things. But it's another story to allow that which is most dearest to you to suffer um, for, for other people who've really messed up. Um, and I'm just so confronted with the love of the Father to allow that to happen. And obviously there's, there's good reason why the Father let that happen and, and let Jesus go through that. Because that was the only way of redemption that there was available to us. Um, because that's why Jesus also called the, the pure and spotless lamb. Worthy he was to, to be slain. And you pick it up in the Old Testament uh, that it was always a, it was a, it was a lamb. It was a pure and spotless lamb that needed to be sacrificed um, for the atonement of sin. And that's why Passover, um, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, was, it was a lamb that was, that was slain. There. It was a lamb's blood that was put on the doorpost. Um, and the key, and the key for this is, um, is, is really for us to be found in Christ. Um, the interesting thing is for me about the Passover, you read, read Exodus, is that if the Egyptians did the same thing, if they took the blood of the lamb and put it on their doorpost, they did the, if they did the same thing, nobody in their household would have died. The inverse is true as well. If some of the Israelites didn't actually apply the blood of the lamb to the doorposts, then their firstborn would have died. Um, and it's, that's, like, that, that, that's like such a picture of us being in Christ. That free gift of salvation is, in a sense, not so free. Because we need to lay down our lives in exchange to receive that salvation. So I'm going to ask the worship team, you guys can come up so long. I want to read you a, uh, and the ushers, you can you can bring the elements of the communion also here to the to the front along. We're going to we're going to do communion a little bit different this morning. Uh, we're going to pack out the communion. We've got some fresh bread rolls, um, and we're going to pack them out here and. What we're gonna, how we're going to take communion this morning is, is I really, 
Like, if you've walked two steps with God, you realize that you still need God after two steps. And it's a continual confession and repentance in, on our behalf to, to say, oh, Lord, I realize I really need you. I need your grace. And so whether you've, whether it's the first time that you're coming to Christ here this morning or whether it is the millionth step that you are walking with Christ, there's always a matter of we are becoming more like Him. And how we become more like Him is by acknowledging that we are sinners and that we need Him to save us. And it's really repentance. Repentance is turning away from the world, turning away even from ourselves and turning to God and putting our faith in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Um, So this morning, we're going to actually, each of us are just going to come and collect our own elements of the communion here. And um, what I want you to see here this morning is you're going to come out and you're going to collect some grape juice and you're going to tear off a little piece of the bread and you're going to kind of move back to your seat. But what I wanted you to see is you're coming to a table, you're coming to the, symbolically to the, to the blood of Jesus and His body that was broken. You're coming to it and as you turn around going back, I want you to see that as repentance in your mind's eye. Choosing to walk away from our old way of living and choosing to, to walk in Christ. And you can hold on to your elements of your communion. We will have it together at the end of the, the, end of the video clip. I'm going to read you the words of the song and then uh, um, you guys can come up so long to, to come and get your communion. It's a, it's a song of, of Jeremy Riddle. Um, the words go like this. It's entitled, Sweetly Broken. It says, To the cross I look, and to the cross I cling. Of its suffering I do drink, of its work I do sing. On it my Savior, both bruised and crushed, showed that God is love and God is just. At the cross you beckon me, you draw me gently to my knees, and I'm lost for words, so lost in love, I'm sweetly broken, wholly surrendered. What a priceless gift, undeserved life, have I been given through Christ crucified. You've called me out of death, you've called me into life, and I was under your wrath, now through the cross I'm reconciled. And then the bridge goes, And in awe of the cross, I must confess how wondrous your redeeming love and how great is your faithfulness. The very important thing is, is the question about are you in Christ or not? And the way you answer that is, is have, you, have you applied the blood of Jesus to your life? Have you put your faith in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Not a single one of us in this room deserves that gift of salvation. But we only receive that gift of salvation once we actually put our faith in it and make an exchange of laying down our lives in return. If you're in a place of where you've not given your life to God, I want to specifically invite you to come and join me in the front. Do not leave here by not making that transaction. But do it willingly. Don't do it because I say so. If you're not doing it willingly, then 
it's pointless. Um, and um, the key thing is, is that we need a living, real relationship with the Almighty God. The invitation is not an invitation to dead religion. The invitation is to a living relationship with an Almighty God. And we'd love to walk a road with you to, to, to teach you how to walk in a relationship with God. Because it's the same as a baby that just gets born. You, you don't have a clue what's on the outside of the world. Yet you can hear God's voice, but you don't always understand what is it is He's saying. It's like a newborn baby recognizes his father and mother's voice, but still trying to figure out what is my mom and dad saying. And it's as we grow that we kind of differentiate between the noise and that which is our Father's voice. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.